It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson where we're having conversations about really important things, hopefully helping you to be able to get your brain around these uh, different issues so that you can talk to your friends, your family, and your colleagues about uh, what's going on out there. Uh, Thrilled to have in studio with me, Jan Cook, guest chick. Great to have you here. Good morning. It's bright and early on a Monday morning, huh? It sure is, and it's a gorgeous morning. It is a gorgeous morning, and uh, so it's great to have you here. Thank you. We're going to go through some headlines in segments uh, one and two, and then uh, we'll we'll talk about something that is important to you, this recall of Representative Colorado uh, Representative Tom Sullivan. Tom Sullivan, House District 37. So uh, you'll give us some information on that, why you think that's so important. Kim. Yes. Before you tear into that. I got to ask you a question. What's worse than having one morning person here on your side of the glass? <laughs> Two morning people on that side of the glass. Oh, come on, Steve. Oh. <laughs> it is a Monday, isn't it? So, and thank you to this great team that keeps this whole thing going. To Zach, Zach has jury duty today, so you probably won't see everything quite as timely because he can't take his computer in there. But uh, thanks to Zach, thanks to Steve, thanks to Patty, and thanks to Keith for keeping this train on the track. I. Agree greatly appreciate it. And um, this week is a very, very big week. And it is June 6, 1944, was the day the Allies uh, got a toehold on the European continent to fight back Hitler. And so June 6, 1944, 75 years ago, a bunch of my buddies are over there right now in, uh, in Normandy. Three years ago, I got to go. And uh, we went with four D-Day veterans. Last night, I watched the Fox News special on... Um, on D-Day, and one of the guys that we went with, Frank DeVita, he was a ramp operator on the Higgins Boats, First Wave Omaha. He was he was on there. Oh, so was he? It was really cool. I got to see a little bit on the History Channel as well, and I said to my husband last night, do you think that people today, young men today, could do what they did? Boy, that's, a, that's quite a question. Uh, the sacrifice... Uh, of those guys, the stories that I heard over there, it changed my life. When I came back, uh, we decided that we were going to dedicate a portion of our show to World War II veterans because they're in their 90s, you know, and wanted to interview as many as possible. I've had the great honor, Jan, of inter- interviewing over 100 World War II veterans. I'm starting to add in Korea and uh, Vietnam. And, you know, I think we're going to start to add in the, the younger guys as well. Uh, but when I start whining, Steve, about the fact that I have to get up so early to get to the sh- uh, station, I just think about those guys taking that beach at Omaha and Utah, and I'm like, buck up, honey, you can do this. That's right. Yeah, they got up a lot earlier than we are. (laughs) Actually, they never went to bed. No, so no whining on that. So we're going to go ahead and jump in here, though. First thing for our inspiration, uh, here we go. Uh, This is Dwight D. Eisenhower. This is what he said. He was the Allied Supreme Commander. He said, this operation is not being planned with any alternatives. This operation is planned as a victory, and that's the way it's going to be. 
We're going down there, and we're throwing everything we have into it, and we're going to make it a success. If that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. And today's funnies. Steve, you're going to love this one. Okay, a story I just came across. A guy said that he used to work in technical support for a 24-7 call center. One day he got a call from an individual who asked what hours the call center was open. He told the caller, the number you dialed is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The caller responded, is that Eastern or Pacific's time? (laughs) (laughs) Wanting to end the call quickly, the technician said, "Uh, Pacific. And then that caller voted. (laughs) Okay, let's jump into some news headlines. Well, you know what? A couple of other things. I've added this to the outline because as we're talking to our friends, our family, our colleagues, the kids are home from college. Right. And so you need to be working on your uh, in in indoctrination. You know, you need to be talking to the kids about what's going on. D-Day, a lot of people don't understand what D-Day is. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a a great thing to, you know, to sit down and talk with your kids about. And, in fact, uh, we'll be having uh, um, retired Army General... um, uh, Chris Petty on on Thursday, he has created a business. It's called Battle Digest, where they're doing like a three three thousand word synopsis of some of the major battles throughout history. Mm-hmm. And he did one on D Day. And so I would highly recommend that you get that. Go to BattleDigest dot com, and uh, it, it's just a great primer on that particular battle. And uh, sit down with your kids so that that you can understand just what these young guys did. They were seventeen, eighteen, and yes. nineteen years old. Yeah, yeah. I was at the Holocaust uh, Museum just uh, a couple of weekends ago, and I was really encouraged to see a lot of, I would say, high school age students that were so engaged. That's awesome. And they were reading all of the placards, and they weren't rushing around, and it was quiet, and it was solemn. And I kept turning around to look at the students, just amazed that they were just as enthralled as the adults were. Well, Jan, did you realize, do you know what Nazi stands for? It's the National Socialist mm-hmm. Workers' Party. So when we have these uh, presidential candidates that are kicking around socialist, and I guess Hickenlooper, you said, uh, Steve, Hickenlooper came out and said socialism is not the answer. But you look at the policies that he put in place here, and it's, and no it's socialist policies. Yeah. You know, they want to control transportation. They want to control education. They want to control uh, energy, uh, control our children. And that is socialism. So he realizes, I think he realizes that that whole socialism thing, that narrative isn't really working. But yet the policies, the new Green Deal is being implemented right here in Colorado. But he will be a socialist if he gets in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Steve, you look like you want to say something. No, it just caught my attention that he went to that, whatever you recall, that dog and pony show that they had in uh, California. Mm -hmm. I think it was a Democrat. Yeah, whatever. And, And he's lecturing the other Dems that. You know, if you're going to get after Trump, if you're going to be successful, this socialism is not the way to go about it. And I thought, man, which side of your face? Can, how many sides of your face can you talk out of at the same time? Well, who was booing in the audience? Exactly. And what, the, uh, who were the audience? Do you know? Because mm-hmm. they were booing. Well, they were was Democrats. Young people. Uh, do you know what the demographic was? But they were booing at him as he was talking, yeah. as Hickenlooper was talking. Yeah. But, that says a lot speaks volumes, too, to me. Yeah, but, but make no mistake, the policies that he has put in place that we are seeing here in Colorado is uh, their socialist policies. So when you're talking to the kids and while they're home for summer, socialism is force. Mm-hmm. It is always force. Yeah. 
And it, our, the big question out there is freedom versus force or force versus freedom. And that's really the theme that we had at our stand for Colorado rally. Yeah. And we have to understand why are kids so willing to give up their freedom? They're not really. You know, ask them if they want to give up their cell phone. The answer is no. Do they want to share their cell phone? No. They're actually capitalists. They're free market, free-loving, freedom-loving people. They just have been sold a bill of goods in this education system that we have. Steve? Well, uh, what Jan just said, the the obvious answer to the question is no, they don't really want to give up their freedoms, but that's how clueless they are. They don't know what this thing means. It's fashionable. It's trendy. uh, It gets on on people's nerves. So I'll just keep using that term as much as I want. I can, Mm -hmm. even though I don't have a clue what it stands for. Well, and that's why we do the show. I'm really encouraged like you are, Jan. Um, Just a couple of things when we're talking to the kids. It's never compassionate to take others' rights, property, or freedom via force, whether a weapon, taxation, or policy. And I do believe that there's some taxes that we, you know, we do come together to to pay. But uh, that's been, it's been overrun by... um, because originally we wanted to take care of those that were least among us, and now we're encroaching on people that really are able and and including them in it. But we always wanted to take care of those who couldn't really take care of themselves, and that's few and far between. Well, and, and see, that's the narrative, and that is what I finally figured out through all this is it used to be that Americans, Americans are very charitable. It used to be that charities took care of That's those right. that were, um, you know, down on their luck. Or I had a friend that lived up in Loveland. She's since passed on. She said she remembered as a child that uh, they would have pound parties. Let's say if the, the family down the street had fallen on some hard times, sure. they, they'd, they'd have a pound party. They'd bring a pound of sugar, a pound of flour. But... Uh, Quite frankly, if they saw that their friend wasn't out there trying to find a job or they were sitting on their rear ends playing video games and drinking beers or smoking weed or whatever, the pound parties ended. There was not going to be any more uh, assistance. And so once you put government in there, you have these these um, politicians expanded. Yeah. Politicians and bureaucrats that they take something that we go. Yeah, I care about that. That's a good idea. It could be education for our children. You know, the, the uh, far-left activists have taken over the education system. It could be clean air, clean water. Now they're trying to use that narrative to get you out of your personal vehicle. they push all of their pet projects through government now. They That's do. the way they get their programs infiltrated in now is using the tools of government, the legislation. That's right. And they're socialist policies. And, and there is no way that the individual thrives and prospers under socialism. You can look across history. You can look across the globe. Take a look at Venezuela right, right now. So, uh, so let's see here. Uh, so that oh, so it's uh, and then Stephen Kessler, you know this young millennial PhD, he says, ask these three questions when you're talking to somebody about socialism or liberalism. Do you have any skin in the game? First of all, if somebody is advocating for something and they don't have any skin in the game, you know I, I think that that negates what they're what they're talking about. Number two, are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? Yeah. And that's where this whole white privilege uh, narrative is. These people are not wanting to build people up. They want to yank people down. Lincoln, right. Lincoln said you can never strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. That's probably the best question because the first question is skin in the game. Almost everybody, these special interest groups do have skin in the game, right? Well, no, 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 not, not necessarily. For example, if somebody is out there, um, let me, I got to think of an example. Um, 
Might be more of an activist or, or, or just yeah. an everyday person that you're talking about. Like, but the people who are promoting these programs most certainly have skin in the game. Well, I'm talking about, okay, let's say those that are advocating for higher and higher taxes. Yes. You know, there is a whole bunch of people that don't pay any taxes. So there's activist groups that, that are trying to get higher taxes or tax the other guy, but they have figured out a way for them not to pay those taxes. That's right. Okay. So, and then lastly, you felt good. But did you do good? Mm-hmm. So across so and when we so talk, about, what's the return on investment? What did you actually accomplish? You got this thing input. It did it ever get to the people that you said it was going to take care of? Did it ever solve a problem? That's the answer that typically doesn't get answered. Or is or did you put in place a government program that now you are making money off of? Right. Okay, so we're going to go to break here in just a minute. Um, we've got to get to the headlines because there's a whole bunch of them. But before we do that, sports, it is most amazing. The Rockies swept the Toronto Blue Jays over the weekend, and then they hit the road for a three-game series with the Chicago Cubs. And then on to New York. Uh, they'll be there Friday for a three-game set with the Mets. Basketball finals, the Golden State Warriors took one away from the Toronto Raptors last night to tie the series. Game three's Wednesday evening. And the Stanley Cup finals, the Boston Bruins lead the series two games to one. Their next game is tonight uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's the spot to be this summer. Enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. Jan, I think I'm going to get that shrimp next time oh, the girls come yes. over for wine and tapas. What do you yeah, think? Okay. Perfect. And Hooters has plenty of ice cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. They have nine items for $9, 11 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. You can choose from nine delicious menu items such as fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and, of course, their boneless wings. So get it, dine in. You can get it to go or delivered right to your front door. So for more information... Visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know me, Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with guest chick Jan Cook. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank qualified listeners, veterans listening to veterans, brought to you by Dan Brooke and Cheryl Tootin in Centennial. In Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Colorado Custom Services, promotional products, embroidery, engraving, and more. Thank you for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. 
you'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number, find a full list of advertising partners on Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. I'm thrilled to have in studio with me guest Chick Jan Cook. We're going to have some great conversations. Good morning. Great to have you here. Hey, just a quick note. Patty texted me, uh, Steve. She said that conference out in California was sponsored by none other than moveon.org. Oh, oh. <laughs> that explains everything. <laughs> okay, Jan, we, we, I mean, there's so much to go through, but the, the first headline that really jumped out at you mm-hmm. was this one from uh, Fox Business where the Mexican president on Saturday hinted that his country could tighten migration controls to defuse President Trump's threat to import tariffs on Mexican goods. And he said he expected good results. From talks planned in Washington next week. Yeah, this hit me because I had heard so much commentary towards the latter part of uh, the week and then into the weekend where all of these so-called folks that know the financial aspects of tariffs were just saying how what a terrible decision this was for Trump to do. And I just thought, wait a minute, this is what Trump does best. He gets everybody riled up on an issue And all the stakeholders start talking about it. And that's what's important. Imagine that not only did the the Congress have to listen to what was going on and be concerned, but the stakeholders, the business people, the companies that are going to be affected by higher taxes, how that's going to impact their businesses. Don't you think they were making phone calls to the chambers, to their congressmen? Everybody suddenly is talking about it. And then you get this news that the Mexican president is going to be, you know, seriously considering and thinking about ways in which he can support them. So the tie was, they thought, this is terrible. You're tying tariffs and immigration together? Horrible, brilliant. horrible. But actually, it was brilliant. Yep. He, he, he's been really brilliant. And it, the sky is falling uh, crowd out there has had a heyday for all these years. We have had presidents on both sides of the aisle that have not done anything about this. Mm-hmm. I still am a little frustrated with uh, Congress when uh, when we had both the House, the Senate, and President Trump, that we didn't get anything done on immigration and that yeah. we didn't get Obamacare repealed. No. But, you know, with Trump, I'm like, why? I wonder why he didn't get that done immediately. But he... You know, he was he's not a politician, you know, and you saw I th- I thought that he came in and he was trying to, you know, kind of get the lay of the land. And you saw a lot of upheaval within his cabinet. But I think he's getting to a point where he's got a team that he really trusts and they're on board and they understand what's going on. The the um, you know, the the status quo in Washington, D.C. is running like rats on a ship right now. And he's understanding the political angles that are going on, that people aren't really willing to work together, that they're trying to figure out how to keep their power rather than work with the people. For the people. And solve these issues. Right. He's trying to solve the issues. They're trying to stay within their boxes. Exactly. And so it's been quite refreshing to see what's been going on. So Mexico... Yeah, We're going to keep watching that. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see how that, that will end up. I think that it's going to be very fascinating, as you mentioned. Let's see. Let's go to the first one, because you know that transportation, the freedom of mobility, the freedom for people to have their personal vehicles if they choose and be able to go where they want to when they want to is inherent in people being able to start their businesses, take care of their families. And guess what? 
Colorado Politics said there's a package of new Colorado laws to boost electric vehicles. Now, first of all, uh, you know, this is this is, again, this is force. This is you're forcing product. You're forcing a direction on us versus us asking for it. Exactly. So Governor Jared Polis signed five bills Friday in a ceremony attended by fellow Democrats, including environmental activists. So there you go. You you felt good. But did you do good? Right. Okay. He said, electric vehicles are a great choice, a cost-effective choice. You know, he says it, but it's not true. Yeah, for who? For Tesla. (laughs) You know, they got $831 million in uh, in, uh, when uh, other uh, auto manufacturers had to buy tax credits or had to buy credits from, not tax credits, they had to buy credits from them to offset the penalties that they had for um, these other automakers not selling electric vehicles because people didn't want them. All right. Okay. And tell that to all the uh, landscape companies, the small independent companies that you see on the road with their trucks and all of their tools and stuff in the Mm -hmm. back of the truck. You think they're all geared up and excited about this? They probably don't even know about it. But They probably don't. You know, did you know this? They are kicking around uh, a law, and maybe it's in here. I better check it and make sure. But they are kicking around a law that if you use your personal vehicle for commercial purposes, that they want you in an electric vehicle. Oh, so that right. means all your Uber and your Lyft drivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been Uber and Lyft drivers have been able to augment maybe another job. They've been able to, to make money so that they can have a better, a, a better life, yes. better economic well-being. And now you've got government, uh, government thinking that they're going to force them to buy an electric vehicle. But anyway, we'll talk about these. Uh, he said electric vehicles are a great choice, a cost-effective choice. The governor said after arriving as a passenger in an electric vehicle that parked in front of a charging station at the Carla Madison Recreation Center in Denver. They will be even more usable when people know they can take them to the mountains on the weekend. They can use them if you want to visit your parents in Bennett. We have a great state and often includes putting some mileage on your car. The governor said that even those who don't own an electric vehicle benefit as more people plug in both in cleaner air and pressure on gas suppliers to lower fuel prices to compete. Now, Okay, just very quickly, we've got government that is subsidizing one business yes. to try to put another business out of business. Out of business. Okay, Senate Bill 77 would allow L- L- utilities to recoup their investment in charging stations and other infrastructure from overall ratepayers. And wait a minute, I thought he said that it was um, going to be less expensive. I- but it looks to me like they're going to increase the rates. Yeah. Okay. House Bill 1298, which sets a fine of $150 with a $32 surcharge for parking a regular vehicle in front of a spot with a charging outlet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but it, if you just look at the way people are living their lives today, coming, going to work, so on and so forth. This is this is really for a segment of the group, the environmentalists, like you said. They can feel good. Oh, we got this through at the expense of everybody else. Well said, Jan. Okay, let's go through the other three. House Bill 1321 is a measure that applies to all rental vehicles, allowing those who rent cars or trucks to use electronic devices to check for valid driver's license instead of inspecting the information in person. House Bill 1159 extends a state tax credit for electric vehicles, which were scheduled to expire in 2022 to 2025, and I think that's $5,000. So those people that are buying uh, electric vehicles like Tesla, 
they get to shave $5,000 off their income tax bill here in Colorado and another $7,500 off their federal income tax bill. Every time I see... But you're talking about the one percenters, essentially, who Mm -hmm. can even afford those cars at this point. And this will not be benefiting the middle class or the the, uh, working poor. That's for sure. And you know what? You don't see this uh, Colorado legislature thinking about how to reduce um, uh, government at all. So they still want to raise taxes, but yet they're giving, as you mentioned... The rich guys, mm-hmm. a tax That's break. That's getting so, these benefits. Yeah, so that they can. It's not the working class. Nope. Nope. Okay. And then lastly, Senate Bill 239 instructs the Department of Transportation to meet with stakeholders to assess the impacts of, of electric vehicle technology and report back to the legislature. You know, there's a number of engineers that I've talked to over the last year or so who scoff at some of this stuff that's going on because they actually have more carbon. They have a more they have a higher carbon footprint. All of this new technology, these electric systems that they're putting in place. And there's actually white papers that talk about this. So you feel good, but did you do good? Yeah, you feel good and you can say that you're somehow reducing the carbon footprint. There are those that will dispute that. Right. But that doesn't fit into their narrative. No, of course not. Yeah. Because this gets down to what you see through, through all of this is force. Mm-hmm. Force. We want to force you out of the because vehicle. Because I you, want to feel better. Yeah. We're going to yeah. force you out of the vehicle of your choice, the vehicle that helps you live your life, go after your One economic, you can afford. Yeah, economic well-being. And, uh, and we're going to force you into something that we think is by better. By the way, bottom line, most people, Kim, buy their cars based on... Will it get me from A to B? Can I afford it? Those are the two main criteria. It's very rare that you're running around trying to find a sports car. I'd like to have a sports car someday. Mm-hmm. But I need a sports frankly, car. Frankly, it doesn't com- work for me in Colorado. I can only drive mm-hmm. it for so many months. And, uh, yeah, it'll get me from A to B in the, in the better weather months. Mm-hmm. But I can't afford to have both a regular uh, car and a sports car at the same time. That's what most consumers, moms and dads, are thinking about. Mm-hmm. Not all this other stuff that you just reviewed. Well, if they come up with a convertible that seats eight, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason McBride. We have Jason McBride on the line, Presidential Wealth Management. How are you doing on this Monday? I'm doing good. Good morning, ladies. Good to talk with you. So, so what's on your mind, Jason? Well, uh, wonderful Patty dug up some interesting information last week about the S&P 500. And, Kim, people say the market changes every day, and they're right, but, you know, it changes over the long term as well. And she found this interesting article that only 52 companies have been on the Fortune 500 since 1955, uh, because of the changes that happen. And so there's been about a 90% turnover in that list going back to 1955. And there's only very few companies that are still on it that uh, you'd recognize from back then because of all the changes. So what do the companies in those groups have in common? Um, I don't know that uh, the companies that are that are still on have a bunch in common. Um you know, we've got a lot of new ones that, uh, that were not on there, of course, like Amazon, Facebook, a lot of technology companies. Uh, Home Depot is another one that, that's a newcomer. Uh, Office Depot, Target. But, 
yeah, a few of the ones that you you definitely would still recognize that you wonder will still be around in in another fifty years. Uh, of course, 3M, uh, Boeing is is one of the biggest ones. Caterpillar, of course. Uh, Coca-Cola, these are a lot of names we would recognize, but it, it's interesting to think, uh, you know, if we were to look at this list again, uh, Kim, in let's say 2070, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'll still be getting up at 6.30 to do your show, <laughs> then, but, uh, uh, you know, how many, if there'd be any, any of the companies uh, left that were there uh, back in 1955, or if they'll all have been replaced by by new ones because of just the way the world and business changes. Well, because of creativity and innovation. And, you know, that's one of the, the things about the American stock market is, in essence, you're able to invest in companies uh, that you think are going to, to do well. They have a good idea. They have good management. And uh, you're willing to maybe take a part of your portfolio as you as you're working on your own personal economy, your own personal well-being. And that's something that you and and your colleagues over at Presidential Wealth Management can help people with, right? Well, I think we can, and probably this uh, creative destruction they're talking about in the article is is not a bad idea for your own personal economy as well. Uh, I do think people should invest for the long term and have that thought, but I don't think that means that, uh, you know, if let's say you own a few stocks and a couple of them are really doing poorly, that you're required to stick with those, quote, until they come back, because sometimes they may not come back. And you just got to say goodbye and cut the loss and hopefully replace it with something that's better. Well, sounds like a good idea. So if people would like more information, they can reach out to you at chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com, or the phone number over there is 303-694-1600. And I can remember that because you you got that 1600 number because of 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, which is the where the White House is, hence Presidential Wealth Management. Boy, we really tied everything together well, <laughs> didn't we? You did a great job on that. So, hey, Jason McBride, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Kim, have a great show. You bet. And uh, we're going to go to break. Guest chick Jan Cook is in studio with me. And uh, people in Colorado are like, wait a minute. Some of the uh, people that got elected, you're not doing what you told us you were going to do. And so you are going to break down this recall effort for Representative Tom Sullivan. And uh, you will not want to miss this conversation. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. 
You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And thrilled to have in studio with me, Jan Cook. We're going to be having a conversation about uh, the recall efforts for uh, Representative Tom Sullivan. Before we do that, wanted to make sure that you would check out ColoradanVote.org. That's ColoradanVote.org. Uh, and that is the official website that has all of the petition, the places where you can go to sign the petition regarding the national popular vote. As many of you may know, the uh, legislature passed, uh, I, I guess they're going to put it on the ballot. It's a referendum. Refer- It'll be on uh, the 2020. You're, it's an opportunity for voters to decide, regardless, Republican, Democrat, unaffiliated, whether you want your the Colorado nine electoral votes to go toward the popular vote states or keep them in Colorado. And why that is so important is because, in essence, we will be giving our vote and our voice away to your big population centers like Los Angeles, Chicago, New York. And interesting, uh, it looks like it could be there's some cheating going on. Judicial Watch had actually sued the city and county of Los Angeles because they had more people registered to vote than they had people living there. Over a million. Yeah, can you believe it? So we think we want to give our vote to them. Yes, they, really. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in California. A huge mess being investigated right now, and it's it's more than that. We want the presidential candidates to care about Colorado and want to fight for our votes. And the other thing is, and the founders put the electoral college. In the Constitution, it's really a brilliant and beautiful thing. A lot of people don't understand that. So we're going to definitely have to continue to talk about that as well. But it was put in place so that we, we so that all state, would have their voice. That's exactly right. So that all states' voices matter. Mm-hmm. Now, you uh, have some information about this recall for Tom Sullivan. Now, uh, his son was killed in the Aurora uh, Theater shootings, which is tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But we're going to put that over to the side. I mean, our hearts break for everybody there. Well, just as an example, leading into the national popular vote, uh, Tom Sullivan, House District 37, supported that. He voted yes on that. Uh, House District 37 is a, is a I call it a center-right uh, district. They haven't had a Democrat, and I research it. I don't know it goes back quite a few years. I didn't find a Democrat that's actually uh, represented them. And he promised them good jobs. He promised to protect their parental rights. He said all the things that uh, people that value. district would want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did say he was going to support the red flag bill. But I want to even put that one aside. He actually didn't focus on that. If you look at his campaign website, and I encourage people to go out and look at uh, Tom Sullivan, you can just Google him, Internet, search him, and you'll find his platform. And he really talked more about protecting jobs and protecting families. And his legislative uh, support is in direct conflict with that because he supported 
the um, anti, we call it the anti-oil and gas jobs bill. Okay. He supported, um, there were numerous amendments that uh, Republicans had tried to put forward to make that more of a palatable bill, less punitive bill. He voted every one of them down. Uh, he also voted down an amendment uh, that w- was in direct opposition to the heroin injection sites, um, which is uh, very controversial, didn't make it through the last legislation, but has a high propensity to make it in uh, the 2020 uh, legislative session. So that'll be one that we'll be fighting. He voted for the 1032 Comprehensive Sex Education, which was just... Um, it's a hypersexualization of our children. Yes, and but the thing that's really tragic is that there's so many moms and dads that continuously called him, emailed him, showed up at the Capitol, rallied against it. You were down there, right? Yes, uh, alongside people like Christy Burton Brown and Juliana Day, uh, who were all fighting, fighting uh, alongside these moms and dads, Hispanic, Latinos, and they just didn't care. They just continue to push these bills forward. The other thing is that maybe that people did know in his district, uh, Tom Sullivan had worked for the postal industry for years and actually worked with the union, uh, the postal union, and and, and actually with our own Patty uh, Kurgan, who has always been an advocate toward business issues. Uh, They were actually together in 2017 testifying against a bill called SB 17-055, which would have, which was really legislation to say you, an employee, do not have to sign up with the union. You do not have to pay dues. And all of the unions... So clarifying, Patty... Testified, testified for, for the for the working people for the businesses that they would not have to they wouldn't be forced they wouldn't yes they wouldn't be forced and he and a number of uh, different uh, union groups were there to testify for it so already and by the way it got defeated it never it was a pro business pro employee you get to decide mm-hmm. whether you want to be in the union or not was defeated in committee and so way back when this individual, this representative, Tom Sullivan, House District 37, who tried to claim he was going to be for jobs and protecting your jobs and your families, his legislative uh, record uh, or report card is the opposite. And so he didn't look at the character of his own district. And that's what we've got to, he's become a crony activist legislator He's not representative of the people. So if people question those of us who are supporting this, I have this question for you. We do not, in House District 37, have a representative of the people in that district anyway. And it's very strategic. We only need 10,000 signatures. So it's a reasonable bar. If you look at the recent one in Weld County, uh, uh, Galindo, that was... uh, um, right. I'm trying to say, is it Rochelle Galindo? I think it was Rochelle Galindo. She had 50, they had 5,600 that they had to a- achieve in that particular one. And so we think this is very doable and it's strategic in that it is a traditional center right district and he completely did not support them and in, in their character and what the policies that they would respect and want. Okay, and uh, I just got a text from James Takeda on Coloradans' vote, and I'm trying to see whether or not 
are, are you guys in the petition signing now for this? Yes, is, yes, we are. And here's what's interesting. We have been going to, for example, Centennial Gun Club um, brings in many people from different districts. So they've been signing those that are in Tom Sullivan's district have been signing it. Can I tell you the number one thing? Now, here we are. People talk about the red flag bill. We're in one of the most popular, respected gun clubs in Colorado. And they're all bringing up the national popular vote. That's the first thing they talk about when going to sign the petition for, for to recall Tom Sullivan. They talk about the national popular vote. So we've had the national popular wow. vote with us there. And Jan, Jan Brown, who was with me, you know Jan mm-hmm. from going to mm-hmm. uh, Tapas and Topics, she said... Jan, I have not, because I'm also Jan, Jan, I haven't seen this many people signing the national popular vote in various venues like they're signing them like hotcakes here. Mm-hmm. So she was but like, they need like 120,000 signatures, I think. Yeah, but but we, this has been going on now for months. Mm-hmm. We've been mm-hmm. at this, but they, they were really surprised at the number of people there that were just like, where can I sign? Where can I sign? So he, Tom Sullivan, House District 37, supported that. And he needs to understand his district doesn't People like that. And that it's it's Democrats. The, these radical activists are no longer Democrats of, of they like are a JFK. crony activist legislators. And They're not representative of the people. You know, I find it the, the positive on all this, Jan is that the veil is off. You know, as we were going through what uh, Steve uh, Kessler had said regarding um, uh, let's see. Do you have any skin in the game? Are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? You felt good, but did you do good? You know, all this stuff has been hiding kind yes. of back, you know, and, and we've had a heck of a time from a messaging standpoint uh, on each of on these issues. But now the veil is off and we have an opportunity in Colorado. We do. And keep in mind with the red flag bill, if there had been better due process, that may have been a little bit more palatable for people. But this was the There's worst no version of the bill nationally. Again, he did not consider his people within his district and what they would expect of a red flag bill. Well, and actually, when we talk about these things, it's I know that you're focusing on his district. But, you know, I focus on everyday people, no matter what your descriptor is, you know, black, white, Hispanic, gay, straight, man, woman. You know, if a policy is good for one person over here, it's good for a person over exactly. here. And unless you have politicians and bureaucrats that are trying to pit people against each other so that they can maintain power or they can maintain, uh, you know, putting in government programs that they profit from. But we're going to go to break. I, I want to come back to this due process thing. And I want to give people information on where they can go to sign petitions and how they can help. Okay, sounds great. So we'll be right back. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Guest chick Jan Cook is in studio. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss it. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. 
Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 31st through Thursday, June 6th, features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Aladdin, and The Hustle. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. <laughs> Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Charlie outdid himself on the bumper music today, didn't he, Steve? <laughs> okay. Having, I, in studio with me is Jan Cook as a guest chick. Have, we're having a great conversation regarding the recall, the national popular vote, where to sign these petitions. So tell us about that. Yeah, I want to tell people... Very quickly, all you have to do to find out about the recall activities right now is recallcolorado.org. Very simple, recallcolorado.org. Sign up. They'll get you on their mailing list, send you information. For specifically the Tom Sullivan recall, there's a recall office at 7308 South Alton. That's A-L-T-O-N way, Unit G, that's in Centennial. 80112. Don't worry if you're not writing it down. I'm going to tell you a place you can go in a second. And call ahead of time to make sure someone is there. 423-310-4507. But all you have to do is go to Facebook and uh, click on AmeriChicks and find my feature article about the Recall Sullivan because I have a, a great article that right. Kim uh, and Zach posted last week. It's still there. Tell them how they can find that. Did, just go to Americhicks on Facebook, right? Americhicks.com also. Yeah. It'll be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, what's great is Zach put the, the office uh, for the recall office right up at the top. So as soon as you click on that article, you're going to see this address. You're going to see that phone number. And remember, again, recallcolorado.org for other – because there there may be some other recalls that will be posted there as well. So you want to keep up to date on what's going on. Okay, fantastic. That's great. So uh, I wanted to go back to something that you mentioned regarding this red flag bill. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We, ha- we had um, Republicans that were for this as well. And I-, I was talking with Zach about this this weekend. And, you know, we really are serious about this right versus wrong versus right versus left. We are searching for truth and we are doing our best to bring truth out. If I, if I make a mistake, if I misspeak on something, sure. people are correcting me. And I will go on the air and, and correct that as well because I want, I want you to know that you can trust me. That's I'm right. doing my very best for you on this. Plus you have your website, you have your uh, Facebook page where you're posting constantly information that backs up everything you're talking about here. So with this, due process. You know, and, and I had a conversation with a Republican who said, you know, I can, I can, um, you know, I can kind of give a little bit on gun, gun rights. And I'm like, you know, there has to be some non-negotiables. And you know what that non-negotiables are? 
It's that Bill of Rights, Mm -hmm. freedom of speech, freedom of religion, right to bear arms. Those things are non-negotiable. And if we have people out there that are... Right to due process. Right to due process. If we have people out there that are running, um, you know, saying the nice niceties, but not really standing for... And not following our Constitution, not following the Bill of Rights. Exactly. Then we need to hold them accountable. And so due process... Basically, the founders realized that if, if you were ac- accused of a crime, you needed to make sure that there was due process, that you could work your way through that, that, that your accusers, you would know who your accusers are, that you could, in fact, you know, in a court of law, you could, you, you could give challenge your, them. You could give your side of the story. Yeah. Well, the, this runover on due process in this red flag bill here in Colorado, in essence, you could go to work. You might not even know. And in fact, the deputy... Uh, police chief in Broomfield was quoted as saying this uh, when they they passed, uh, I think, or they put forward a resolution in support of the red flag bill. I think that that died. But what he said, uh, because you're you're putting law enforcement in a really difficult situation to go to somebody's home that they don't even know you're coming. And they don't know who the accuser is. They don't know who the the accuser is to take your firearms. And your firearms are there for, you may hunt, you may um, have it there to protect your family. So anyway, it puts law enforcement in a very difficult situation. So somebody on the Broomfield City Council asked the deputy police chief about it. And he said, well, we'd really prefer that we go take their weapons, uh, their firearms, when they're at work. So you go to work, you don't even know that somebody somebody's has accused, entered your home. Somebody's entered your home, taken your stuff. So you may think it's okay that they come in and take your firearms, but guess what? In Minnesota, there is, um, let's see, what is it? It's right to grow, I think it is, or something like that. They're putting forth legislation, and we'll probably see it here in Colorado, that somebody could determine that your child is not developing the you know within the the way they think that they should guidelines yeah guidelines and um, government can they can report you you won't know who it is yeah they can this come and a knock sl- on your door I, the word slippery slope is so prevalent these days yeah it's pretty darn scary so this is government knows better really yeah. no they I don't mean, this is I, I know that you're not supposed to use the Nazi word. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, but this but is the this right is, time to use it. This is what happened in this is what happened in Germany, where government have started to go, have neighbors reporting neighbors for just, stuff. Just go to the Holocaust Museum. I highly recommend it because it's really scary. I'm seeing too many parallels in that museum with some of the things that are occurring today. It is it's scary. It is very very scary. Um, Anything else you want to talk about? Because I just good- want to I just want to remind people again to go to recallcolorado.org and know that this is very much a strategic initiative to recall Tom Sullivan in a center right district HD thirty seven. We could use volunteers. We'd love your help. Uh, he's in zip codes eight zero zero one five eight zero one one two eight zero zero four six. You're welcome to send an email to me at getterdonerightcolorado at gmail.com. Okay. We have a caller, uh, Kevin Lundberg, uh, former state senator Kevin Lundberg, would like to comment. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing this morning? Well, pretty good. I'm uh, just uh, pulling into the uh, breakfast club that I host every Monday morning, but I wanted to add something to your comments about the red flag bill. 
uh, certainly agree with everything you've said. I want to emphasize that when you talk about due process, in this particular case, we're not even talking about anybody who broke the law. Oh, uh, right. You know, you know, most of this is set up for criminal law, but this is, in fact, uh, they kind of finesse around it by calling it a, you know, a, a civil issue rather than a criminal issue. But the the consequence is everything you're talking about. They break in. They 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 uh, take. You know, I say break in. They they have this warrant that uh, my sheriff says. It's not even a criminal warrant, so they're, you know, it's, it's kind of this new document that they uh, are supposedly going to use to, to come in and potentially ransack your house looking for all the weapons that you might have, and you never broke the law. That's right. It's absolutely terrifying, Senator Lumberg. The, and you know the other yeah. thing, too, um, this is Jan, we are never going to legislate there will never be enough laws on the book to protect the society from mental illness there will never be we'll never be able to legislate enough and that's the sad part about this is we are giving people false hope that somehow all of all of the terrible things that have been occurring is suddenly going to go away and that's not the truth that's an excellent point senator lundberg anything else you wanted to add to this that's about it. Just wanted to jump in with a couple of things, and I've got about 30 people waiting on the uh, inside, <laughs> well, thank you. so I better get in there. Okay, thank thanks you. so much. Goodbye uh, now. Boy, what an important po- uh, point. You could have law enforcement come to your home while you're at work, and you have not even broken a law. Bottom line is, this was a terrible overreach year at the 2019 legislative session. We took away our Colorado's electoral votes, which were fighting hard to take back they are have usurped parental and local control they didn't give a hoot about our jobs not only the jobs with the oil and gas industry but also there are other job industries that were impacted higher utility bills will uh, ensue from some of the legislation that has occurred because they want to take down various industries that they don't agree with well no those higher energy costs and they want to push you into or higher electricity costs. They want to push you into vehicles. So, again, they're going to be taking more and more money out of your pocket. Now, we were going to just very quickly touch on your new Tapas and Topics group. Do we have time? Yeah, uh, that'll be I'm starting a new uh, Tapas and Topics. It's uh, a new chapter because Kim Munson has the flagship chapter. And now there's, what, five or six or Let's more? Let's see. There's uh, Jefferson County. The, you're southwest Je- Jefferson County. Boulder. I'm, I'm actually southwest Littleton. Southwest Littleton. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Douglas Boulder, County. Fort Collins. Douglas County. One's going to start in Gunnison, uh, northwest Denver. And what this is, is it just started, I invited 12, there was a total of us, 12 women. We got together, started in 2012. Just to get together, everybody brought something to share, food or drink, just to talk about what was going on on our hearts. Well, it's amazing what's grown is the list, and and you're welcome at any of these. Just uh, email me at americhicks.com forward slash Kim. Um, There's over 200 women on my list, and typically 15 to 20 come every time. sometimes more. Yeah, it just depends. Um, But I bet that there's probably a total of 800 women that are on these lists. It's fantastic, and I'm starting mine will be the 4th. Thursday of every month, which will be the first one, will be June 27th. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited about it. Kim will be there for the first 
at least for this first mm-hmm. uh, meeting, just to kick it off and share a little bit about how it originated. So I'll, I'll be sending out more information to the folks that are in my neighborhood. But the key thing, it's neighbors getting together to talk about the issues in our county, in our nation, and what are our thoughts, guest speakers. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot. Of, we we be, have become friends. Yes. You are my friend. So yes. Jan Cook, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we're out of Thanks time. Thanks for having me. But uh, D-Day is uh, this week, and World War II General George Patton said this. He said, it, it is foolish and wrong to mourn the men who died. Rather, we should thank God that such men lived. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Young, like a new moon rising, fierce through the rain and lightning, wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell.